0: Welcome to your typical Shonen protagonist, he's Kai, I'm Kels, and today we're talking about I want to eat your pancreas. First off, I know better than to ask the
1: question right now, but Kai, how are you doing? Considering that we just watched this, man, I, I guess I am functioning. Like, what a ride. Like, what a ride. <sighs> yes. So this is not like a Hannibal
0: Lecter type deal. This is a slice of life about um a teenager dealing with an illness like a terminal illness and then like we get to go on an adventure of like slice of life stuff yeah and slice of life is always wildin man we like based on this we had joked about this but i guess we're doing it now doing a sad boy september where we watch all of the incredibly sad slice of life shows uh all at once and that away our horror October cannot harm us because yes. we're already hurt.
1: We're gonna have to do is something for November that <laughs> just makes everything okay. <laughs> like we gotta do we gotta do August and November and have to be like great things to sandwich in the depression.
0: Definitely things that are not, you know, as challenging as this. Um it and this was um in terms of I wanna eat your pancreas This was really good. It was like an hour and 48 minutes uh, movie um, put on by Studio Volen, V O L N, um, which is apparently an acronym for Visiting Old Learn New. I hate, I'm so tired of these studio names with their evolution of like, we're doing stuff now again.
1: Great. I'm trying to tell you, and I don't feel like they did (laughs) anything notable besides this, honestly. Like, well, so, it looks like they're
0: still doing stuff, right? Um, it looks like Studio Volan um, is coming from ex-Madhouse producer and director uh, K G Mita. Um, and their first two series were co-produced, uh, co-productions with Studio Mappa. And I Want to Eat Your Pancreas was their first kind of standalone independent production. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, seeing kind of that being the case... Uh, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by the works. Um, you know, they've got something called back arrow, which came out or it's slated for, uh, this season. Actually, it's coming out between, uh, now and June for 24 episodes. Okay. Um, but I got no idea what that's about, but you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I am intrigued by their work so far from this movie to go like, look into it.
1: Yeah. I will probably possibly do that if I if I remember.
0: Um, <laughs> now I want to eat your pancreas, which is just also there's a whole trend of like modern, you know, late aughts, early 2010s, um, not late aughts, but like 2015 and onward, like Japanese shows having really specific like. Non-sequitur hooks, you know? So, like, this case, I Wanna Eat Your Pancreas, does not tell you what the show is about at all. It's just a a hook to get you to go, what the fuck? And then get you engaged with it, you know? Yeah. Um, what's your opinion about that kind of, of titling scheme? I like it,
1: because it's just... <clears throat> um, I'll talk about it more when we get into the spoiler section, but it was, like, a good... Like, it all circled back. I love titles like that. Like, where it all circles back. And, um... Another one that's, like... Another one that goes in my head is, like, Your Name. I like mm-hmm. what they did with that as well. Um... And this came out after Your Name. So, I feel like... Your Name definitely had influences in this, I will say. That's without a doubt. So... Mm-hmm. um I like how they did that. And also, Plastic Memories, as well, had another kind of thing that played on the name. So, I like when they do that. It's very fun. It's engaging. And it's not something. It's not like freaking. You know. I mean, really, it's just like most light novels, I feel like. Like, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl. That's a play on that. Or You're Lying April. Like, or A Silent Voice. You know, I like how it's not just like Boruto or naruto <laughs> like i like how yeah, there's the like, name of the main character yeah yeah like it's not freaking you know i mean don't get me wrong i love one piece but like there's not much work i mean one piece is a bad example but yeah basically the naruto's and the proto's of the world is not like that even bleach i still don't know why it's called bleach but you know maybe i'll figure it out at the end of the thousand year blood war
0: no, nah, probably not. I think it's just called Bleach to be, a, like, a cool-sounding single-syllable word, um, which I guess that's the trend now is to not have single-syllable titles at all. Like, this stuff has to be a full sentence, like, eight words long. Yeah. Um, but, you know, th- that is what it is. Um, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, the trend of of turning light novels into manga, then anime, um, is kind of the reason for this, you know, because they're not adapting straightforward stories based on main characters anymore. Um, it's coming from like originally a novel situation. So, um, whatever the novel was in this case, uh, I Want to Eat Your Pancreas coming out in uh, two thousand and fourteen, then being fully published, you know, uh, printed in twenty fifteen. Um, you do have that kind of situation where that's yeah. what the name of the that's the name of the work and then when we get it to anime, well, that's just what it's still called. Um, our author here, in this case, is uh, Yoru Sumino. Um, I don't follow a lot of light novels, but you know maybe I should start. Um, he's got a, a number of works. I'd say six or seven works out. He's still publishing as of September 2020 yeah. uh, with something called I Will Forget This Feeling Someday. Uh, but all of his stuff is kind of that like, a uh, statement, like, at night I will become a monster, or I had the same dream again. You know, that's kind of the trend with light novel uh, titles.
1: I really hope, like, all his characters don't, you know, have just ill fates. I hope he adds, like, well, like, at least one positive story. Yeah, I mean, you would hope,
0: but when we have a title called I'm Blue, In Pain, and Fragile...
1: I don't held out hope for that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I had the same dream again. Might you know be something fairly positive? Probably yeah, not, but who knows? We we can hope. Yeah. Like- um.
0: But in terms of in terms of this stuff, um, you know, I'm impressed by at least this work from what I've seen. Um, the story telling and the characters and their kind of interactions are absolutely wild. Um, Before we get into spoilers overall, what's your take on the... uh, What's what's your recommendation about watching this or not watching this?
1: Okay. I gotta say, I'm ecstatic that I did not watch this when it came out in 2018. You know why? Why? Because it came out on my birthday. If I had gone (laughs) to go watch this on my birthday, I would have had the saddest September a sad boy could have. And 2018 was just a lot going on, but... I will say um, there are some themes that can be deemed, you know, I guess the word is triggering nowadays. Not like super hardcore, you know. This is not, you know, freaking a silent voice or something like that where it deals with a lot of crazy stuff. But um, there is some, like, I would say if you have experienced recent loss, I might give it a second. Or maybe this might help you get over it, actually. You know what? Forget all that. I would definitely recommend you watch this. Like, at some point, some way in your life, I feel like this has to be... This has to be one of the animes that you watch. It has to be one of the pillars. It has to be, you know, one of the Your Names or the um, Ghibli films, like, or the, like, Satoshi films. Like, this has to be up there with the things that, if you are going to be in this universe of, like, weebdom or an anime fan or a- avid watcher of good animation and just good storytelling this has to be one of the things that i feel like you need to watch i agree
0: um you know one of the things that all these sad boys slice of life's really really do incredibly well is they they really challenge you um with with real life you know this yeah. is an opportunity to To experience a a story and be engaged and, you know, have have questions asked and you be exposed to the experience of in this situation. Um, You know, someone with a terminal illness who's trying to sort out like how to deal with that, um, you know, how to continue to live life um, and and the inevitable uh, end. Uh, that must come, you know. Um, so I, I agree with you. Um, this is challenging, you know. Um, it's it's up there with the other stuff that is incredibly challenging in the same vein, uh, emotionally. So you do have to be prepared for that, but it is, it is worth the time invested to watch it. Um, it tells a great story. Um, and yes, definitely go watch it. And we are about to spoil the smut. Out of I want to eat your pancreas. So go I'll watch it. it. Come back and let's talk about it. So we open the movie at the funeral. <laughs> our our main girl Sakura has died.
1: Yep. Which you know she is because it says at the beginning. Yeah. So
0: yeah. So we we are being narrated by our other main character um Haruki and he's kind of given us the rundown. Sakura was this person who, you know, was was a social butterfly, you know, really engaged with everyone in the room. Um and everyone in the class missed her and everyone in the class except for him went to the funeral. But he had some kind of relationship with her too. And we immediately jump into that, into the interaction between her and him. And then we follow that for the next, I don't know, hour and 45 minutes.
1: Yeah. So the thing is about um our other main character, uh, Haruki, is that we don't know his name until like the very last part of the movie. So yeah. we know Sakura, our main character, But our other main character, our detourist, um, Haruki, is kind of a mystery. And he is... So, like you said, we get halfway through, or three-fourths of the movie, and then we shoot back to the beginning. Where he's actually at the hospital, because he's gotten... He's getting the stitches taken out for his appendix, which is a common, you know, thing that happens in a lot of people. Um, Not too big of a deal, but still, I guess, a little bit concerning. So he's getting his appendix taken out, and... She was there for her routine checkups for her pancreatitis, and he sees her uh, journal and diary, kind of left there. and He picks it up and starts reading it, and then she's like, "Yo, is that my book?" And he's like, "Here you go." She, he reads it, and he's before, sorry, before she asks that his book, he opens it and Caesar says, "You know, dying by light, dying light," and it's, it the title is "Living with Dying," "Living with Dying." yes so he sees that this person is writing that they're going to die soon and it's like oh and he's unfazed and he gives her the book and she's like i'm dying you know that's my book He's like okay and then she's like what like you're not phased?" she's like don't you have anything to say he's like live a he's like live the life you want you know he's just very centered in his own world believing that without having these type of intentions And, like, basically you can't hurt if you allow yourself to be hurt, but you also can't, you know, have fun and do these things. And he's aware of that. He's a very self-centered person. Like, not self-centered as in word is, like, conceited, but, like, he only deals with the world around him as minimal as possible. He's rather have his head somewhere in a book.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't hurt or be hurt if you do not have connections with people. Um, which that's kind of the the part for him is growing into a person that can engage with others and sees the value of doing so. Um, so that that's the story of this movie. Is is for and back to your point about his name. I, you know, I made it halfway through this movie going, I'm supposed to know what this character is called, but. I don't remember seeing his name anywhere. And that's kind of a for a reason. That's a plot point they get too revealing. Um so I you know, if you do watch halfway through and don't know his name, that's okay. That's the whole point. Um but yeah, this is a story told from two perspectives and how they convene and intertwine. Um for Haruki, it's the the learning he knows. Who he is, and he's accepted that fact, but he fails to see the value in interpersonal connections. Where Sakura, you know, later on down the movie, is really like life has value based on your relationships with other people. Like that's how you your life is acknowledged with other people engaging and loving and and interacting and that's how you know you are alive. Yes. But her hang up is really kind of being alone. And when you don't when you aren't engaged with somebody at you know 24/7, who are you? That's the big question there. Um, which coming from her 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 lot in life with having a terminal illness is a, an incredibly scary thing.
1: No, that's real. Like, And, you know, this is kind of like the... Like she says later in her book, not to jump ahead, but she explains it perfectly. Like, that they are the opposite of each other and that they are also a complement of each other with spring and um, summer. And... They just have this very interweaving like relationship that can't really be described with such simple words like you know friendship or boyfriend and girlfriend or love it's really just a whole um it's like a whole like perspective psychological thing of what do you say to someone when words aren't enough to describe what you mean to the person and this is due largely in toll to the strain and the tension of looming death like they don't have when you know something is definite and coming, you don't really have the um priorities, I guess, or the luxury of just kind of like BS. And every moment that you have with that person, you know, it's special. Like, it's shown when they're playing 20 questions. And you know, most people, when you play 20 questions, it's like, oh, what girl in class do you think is cute and all that? But Haruki wants to know, you know, what was like, what's your hobby? Like, what's the thing that you do? What's your Definition of living, and she's like, "What's one thing that you know you wanna know about me, or what's one truth?" Like, they're like it involves and that's another cool thing about this movie is that they use kind of the game of truth or dare to like deepen that bond, but not in the traditional way. You know, I mean, not like the sometimes just the questions that are simple that are the questions that are most thought provoking. It's not like a you know, like for instance, she was like, "I was prepared to tell you my measurements." But he asked, what were you like as a kid? And I thought that was, like, super dope that they did that.
0: Yeah, man. Because for Haruki, like, he's never, ever had a friend. And he he acknowledges that he's like, life would have been different, but he doesn't kind of regret that. He doesn't, like, regret the what-ifs of what if he did have a friend. It's kind of a a non-issue. He's just going to continue to live life and do whatever. Uh, But like in in when they go on a trip, because Sakura is like, all right, you told me to live life how I want to live life and I want to live life dragging you through an adventure. While I'm still alive, we're going to hang out. We're going to go experience regular life because he's the only one that knows of her terminal illness like no one else at school not even her best friend knows that she has a, a a timer on her life yeah so that you know that's kind of for her he's the she he's the only one that she can really live reality with and still take part of the normalcy her friends she's putting up a front so that they don't think anything's wrong and her family doesn't really acknowledge the fact that it will come to an end. But with him, he knows both there's an end and she just wants to do things. She wants some sense of regular. And definitely, um, in, in the hotel, when he's asking those basic like personal questions, it's really his first opportunity to learn more about a person. Like that's stuff that you would you would know if you've had a friend. But he's really like trying to get that additional information, trying to build out who she is in her mi- in his mind, uh, which is kind of you know it's sad, but also interesting to see. Like yeah. okay, he's never wanted to engage
1: with a person before until now. Yes, and you know it may be sad, but it's also like it's such it's a type of beauty as well because I feel like it kind of showed that you know maybe. She confided in him because no one really asked her those questions. You know, no one really... Her body just kind of knew her as the Sakura who was always carefree, friends with everybody, you know, like, shown by her ex-boyfriend who, like, is a complete douche canoe and, like, class representative and her classmates and friends saying, you need to end up with a guy like him or just like that and everything. You know, not the person who actually wants to know her for her. And the fact that Haruki... Like she said at the end, literally transcended his world of solitude to get to know her, which shows more than words can convey. And just like the simple, and I really love the fact that they never kissed as well. Like, so I hate that. Really? I hate that <laughs> with some things. Like, like, there's some anime where I'm just like, like Mashokai, or um, the dude who does the, um, why is his last name? escaping me um he knows who he is what does he do what's that shinkai yeah the uh makoto shinkai films he's notorious for not having the characters kiss, which is just so aggravating but this it (laughs) it like didn't bother me for some reason and i also didn't cry i just felt a deep hollowness but it was like you know i feel it would i have loved them to kiss probably am i angry that they didn't not really yeah, you know it. It's one of those things where
0: that feels like an inevitability, but due to the circumstance of the story, not having that payoff is part of that that tension. It's part of that that staring down the barrel of the end, not knowing when it will come, and things like that. that the Lincoln Park ass. <laughs> Things like that 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 you know you you want but never got to do due to circumstances. Um, that's another challenge that you have to live with in life. Yeah, you know. Um, so I, I I feel you uh, I'm not mad that they didn't kiss because it's part of the the story and part of the emotions that they're trying to invoke here um, with the entire story. Um, I really loved, um, so there's a scene in here, right, where mm-hmm. she's like, come to the house, no one's home, I'll lend you this book.
1: That scene. Yeah, I love that scene.
0: And they're, th- they're playing games, and then she's like, you were not interested in a girlfriend, right? And he's like, not really. And she's like, not about me ever. And he's like, Nah chief. And part of this is like, you know, you're dying, right? What what use is it trying to pursue a relationship when the end is going to come, right? There is no happily ever after here. There's just the now. So when when, you know, we kind of been dealing with this the entire movie and then she's like, "Okay, good." And he's like, "All right, you know what? I'm leaving." I don't feel like this conversation right now. Whatever. Let me the book. I'm out of here. And then we get this weird physical engagement that's kind of her playing with him, but also like not committing to the actions. And I don't love that.
1: Right. Yeah. Now I had no. like, especially follows. like what happened yeah. was like really yes. aggravated me. Like I was like, oh my um, gosh.
0: You know, especially because we we, she's like, they almost kiss, and then she's like, just kidding. And then he can't control himself. And, you know, there's a really intense scene of of him forcing her on the bed, and they're just sitting there. And it's like, please don't take this movie in that direction. That's very real. But like, how, how will the end of this story happen if something goes wrong right now? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and she's like, she says no, 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 constantly. But he doesn't come to his senses until he sees her start to cry. And then he's like, all right, I fucked up. I got to get out of here. I'm done. And then in the street while it's raining, her ex-boyfriend's outside of her house and gets into an altercation With uh Haruki. And Haruki's like, it's not we're not together. It's not a thing. You think the wrong stuff, and he's and and the ex-boyfriend's like, we're not done here, you're not, you know, worth her time, and Dex is ass. And it's just like that kind of scene was was rough, especially because we what we just saw. Yeah. And for them to still kind of have this relationship, but like it continue to not be, like, in that physical direction was interesting, you know?
1: Yeah, and it also, you know, gave the realization that maybe his Sakura is, like, you know, playing with him. Like, it kind of felt like that for a second as well. Like, she, in us getting that affirmation, you know, that she wasn't doing that when following the ex-boyfriend punching Haruki and making him bleed... And she's on the ground, and, you know, she's tending to his wounds and everything, and he, like, bats her hand away, and she's like, I'm sorry, you know, like, I'm so sorry, and then he's like, you should find someone who cares about you, because this is also due in part to um, Kyoko, who just is horrible, like, if the last, literally the last two minutes of the movie hadn't, like, given her some, like, I get that you want to defend your friend, but don't be out here just slapping people, acting all reckless, like,
0: We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. The thing I really love about that scene, though, um, is because we have this whole long soliloquy about like, you know, our boy's a sad little bitch now. And, you know, is like it's us meeting is just, you know, coincidence. And then Sakura hits him with the there is no coincidence. There is no fate. We are here from a combination of the choices we have made. I chose to live my life how I wanted to, and you chose to accept my invitation. You chose to come here. We are here by choice because we want to do it. So keep choosing to do it. And, you know, kind of giving the reality that kind of personal agency. Like, it's, it's not fate. You have control over what you do. Yes. And if you aren't happy about something, you can do something about it um to a certain degree like there's no getting out of of her dying but certainly in in the now you can choose something to make you happy
1: yes and you know our choices have consequences and it was the result of the choices that they made that led them to each other which i was super hype about you know i was like you said i really liked what soccer had to say Sakura was a great character in this. She did a really good job kinda of just like ushering like the story through her actions. Like a lot of people probably wouldn't mm-hmm. I guess necessarily like a person like this in a real life, if that makes sense. Like you'd probably be considered over like abrasive, I feel like is the word. But definitely for- pushy,
0: um, you know, strong willed, opinionated but in a situation like this, where that—that's part of this care, this uh, relationship, right? Yeah. Um, because the the story is about Sakura and Haruko or Haruki, excuse me. Um, you know, doing things together. It's about their relationship. But when we see the classroom, we also kind of get that social stigma about them doing things. Like they're not in a committed relationship. Everybody wants to know the tea, but like those are the people that would think those things. Yeah. That you know, she is abrasive or whatever. But but maybe not because she's so popular, right? Um I I think it's interesting that we do kind of get to see that dynamic um about the social aspect of uh other people's opinions, especially about um Haruki. Because he's like, people have opinions, I don't want to engage with it. I just want to get through life. Yeah, And they form their opinions based on the fact that he doesn't engage with that, you know. So it's kind of a, a kind of a loop. And that's his character growth in realizing, I don't have to sit here and just assume, right? I can engage with people. So one of the things I really like um, about the storytelling method, is that we get a number of callbacks. We get some foreshadowing. Um, like the the character that always offers him some gum. You know, he shows up. He's like, hey, I saw you hanging out with Sakura. You want some gum? And he does it like two times in class. And then later on, as, as we have seen uh, Haruki grow, he sees him outside of this, you know, toy shop in like summer. And he's like, hey, you going somewhere? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to see Sakura. You want some gum? No. But then he sees this kind of scene where where he's engaging with his little brothers. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, man, I'll take some gum. And, like, it's a simple scene like that that really communicates the growth in in him being able to reach out and engage with other people.
1: Yeah, man, it's and those are direct consequences of his time with sakura and yes like they at the end when you know he gets the notebook and he reads it and he's at um the mom's house sakura's house and she's like you're the one you know you're the one she talked about thank you for making my daughter's life meaningful within he's like no she did that to me and the fact that, that was a mutual feeling and that goes back into the title that they were both going to say something so outlandish to each other as, I want to eat your pancreas due to the foreshadowing of them at the, their um, interaction at the library, which is like, you know, some ancient cultures believed you eat the sick body part of someone else and it heals them. It's like, I... Or like, yeah, yeah, if, if, if you have a
0: problem with a specific body part... You eat more of that to help, like, heal it.
1: Yeah. And that just, like, that just drove it home for me. Like, at the end, when they were in, like, that kind of, like, spirit world type thing. Um, That was just so captivating for me with the, like, animation and the music theme and just the dialogue. It was such, like, a... It was euphoric, almost. It was just a really good time and a really... It was a really good time and really a conversation in a really painful way. So, just that whole interaction was just... Like, I felt like that's what really... Not that that alone made the movie, but that's kind of what escalated the movie. Like, this had a lot of themes in common with other things, you know. This could have easily been um, just, you know, another run-of-the-mill sad story, slice of life because there are, you know, a bunch of them of the aspect. But I feel like this separate... That scene separated and escalated it more because it wasn't this conversation that could be had. It's like they were so in tune with each other. She was already gone, but these words are being said. And him wanting to say the same things. It was just kind of... It was beautiful. Like, I really liked how the author and the team conveyed that. Definitely, man.
0: Now... On on that kind of foreshadowing and the callbacks, we did have throughout the show, interspersed in news clips and like passing conversations, about some violence being done in the community. Girls were getting stabbed in the street, and out of nowhere, again we've spoiled the hell out of this, but we're gonna spoil this right now. She uh, soccer is getting released today. Everybody's excited. But then we find out in the conversation, in the text conversation between Sakura and Haruki, you know, they're chatting. All right, great. I'm gonna meet you for lunch. Cool, cool, cool. He said something foolish. She was like, I'm mad. Now you got to compliment me. And he's like, kind of going all through his brain. How can I word this right? And then he hits her with the, I want to eat your pancreas. We saw that at the very beginning. That's the text message that... That's the last thing he sent to her. And we finally see that point in time. And then we find out... Why? Because, you know, she was perfectly fine. I mean, as well as she could be. She was released from the hospital. Things were looking good... For the time being. Why was that the last thing... That he ever said to her? It's because she got murdered in the fucking street, man...
1: Uh, yeah, that that fucked me up. That, I didn't see that coming. That one came out of left field. I ain't gonna lie. That was exceptional. Like I, so I did see it coming, but I, it was like it kept being sprinkled. And if I had been, yeah. my guard was like let down by the events of everything happening. Like her being in the hospital. I'm like, okay. It's like I knew in my brain that that was always a possibility. The first time I heard it, I was like, okay, like she's going to get stabbed. They wouldn't just put this in there for no reason. But then I was lulled into a false sense of security by the story to where I was like, crap, you know. And that was great because you like gave us the egg and then we forgot about the egg was there because you distracted us with cake. And it's like, boom, egg to the face at the end.
0: Yeah, man. It's one of those like because, you know, they sprinkled it in just like you said. But, you know, the question for me was I didn't know how they were going to use this plot point, you know, because I think about like where, where are some other opportunities they've used this? Where are some other shows they've used this? I think like SAO season one, like the second half of season one where um, uh, Kirito in real life is going to the hospital to see Asuna because like they just got out of the game And then that crazy fucker meets him in the parking lot and stabs his ass. Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't die. Spoiler alerts for SAO, if you care. Um, But like, that's kind of how you could, could do something like that. But that was not this. It was just, we see him send that message. And then we see him waiting. And then it's like, oh shit. I swear to God, if she gets murdered in the street... I, I don't know how to feel about that, and then we get the news. she's murdered in the street. Mm-hmm. It's rough, man. Now it's one of those situations where I think it's a perfectly fine um, plot device, you know, because it brings the end, right? It brings the end. We don't have we don't we don't get to spend more time with her, you know failing health. We don't do that. We have character development. We have relationship development. And then we have the end that was inevitable in the first place. It's just instead of her pancreas killing her, it was some crazy fucker in the streets. Yeah. The result is still the same, which is the focus of the story. It's not how she died. It's what happens when she's alive and what happens when she's dead. And that gave us a way to get to that point. In a way that was kind of drastic, but also allowed for the reveal of her illness to um, Kyoko, her her best friend.
1: I agree. Do you think that? So, do you think she still would have? She was definitely going to die of like pancreatic. I believe it was cancer or something. Like
0: yes, she was. She was going to die. There was and we see that in the in in the, the journal where from her time in the hospital she wrote my life span has been cut in half yeah so she was going to die there was no there was no way around it yeah but we didn't have to deal with the failing, failing health anymore we got to the point of what happened after she passed The relationships between her family, her friends, and Haruki.
1: So just to clarify, she did see... So one thing that kind of not really confused me, but I was like, wait. So they both said, I want to eat your pancreas, but... No,
0: no. Well, okay. So she said, I want to eat your pancreas at the beginning of the movie to him in the library. So at the, the... He's the one who, okay, I think so. He texted it to her as a compliment. Yes. And then in the novel, like the last yeah, page. Yeah, that's what I'm asking, yeah. Yep, in the last page, it said, I want to eat your papers. Okay, that's
1: what I was, Yeah. okay, so. Yeah. Good. Cause see, you got confused by that a little bit, too, because I was like, wait. So, yeah, and it said, and then, because it said, can I see her phone? When Haruki asked, can I see her phone? He was checking to see if she read it. So, do you think yeah. she wrote that, like? Or was that just confirmation that they had mutual, like, whatever they had for each other?
0: Yeah, I think that was the I love you of that relationship, you know?
1: Yeah. So, her last moment, we can theorize that, you know, was they both knew that. And, you know, I gotta say that that was one of the best I love yous, I think, that I've seen in anime. It wasn't, like, the, like, it was almost that, like, Gurren Logan vibe of, like, let's get married just so you can disappear into the ether. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> or, like, you know, because we watched, what this also kind of put me in was the Anohana, the flower we saw that day. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe that I got as well. Um, yeah.
0: You, um. This was uh like because the feelings are so complex, this was a way to like show the viewer that they were on the same page. Like, even if cause you know, uh what's his bucket? Haruki never called her by her name. Uh but even then they still had this common connection. This common phrase with a specific meaning for just the two of them that told you they were on the same page. They felt the same way, whatever that way means. Cause it's kind of messy. You know, yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on here, but they both feel the same way about each other, which is the thing that you really want. That's the reassurance you want in a relationship is that, you know, despite the the minutiae, we're on the same side. We feel the same way. We're pulling the same direction.
1: Yes. And, like, I know you haven't watched um, my romantic teen comedy snafu. Um, I'm not going to say what happens, but there is. I feel like this was the most comparable to that, like, exchange of the words, I love you, because it wasn't just said. It was. It was on some full metal alchemist like stuff. Like that's another one that comes to mind. It's like Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> full metal alchemist. But um <laughs> you know, half of my life and half of yours. And it's like, no, just give all of each other a taste. It's like kinda like that. I love declarations of love that aren't just like I love you. Like that's my champ. Like when you say the words without saying the words. You know, you say you convey the meaning, not just the words.
0: Yes, and when that meaning is important to just y'all.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's a vibe for me. And I gotta say, I was very happy at the end that um, our boy Haruki did not get with Kyoko at the end. Like, yeah. his love was still there for... Her. Some people might hate that, like, you know, she's dead, why don't you move on? But I'm not that person. I mean,
0: person. moving on is... Moving on is perfectly fine, but like from what we saw in his his one year since the event, was that his goal and the thing that Sakura was pushing him towards is just engage with people, engage with people, try to be loved and try to you know uh, be accepted and accept people and engage and you know f- that's how you make friends. So for him, her one goal. Was, I want you to be friends with my best friend. She's fucking hot-headed. She's crazy. But she cares about me. And I want y'all to get along.
1: Yeah, so two most important and, people to her.
0: And we see that. We see all of that. Yes. Like, you know, that final scene at before the credits where he's like...
1: Chasing after. He invites
0: her to the cafe to show her the book and explain the whole situation. And he, she slaps him, yeah, and is like, she reads the thing, she she has the truth revealed to her that something her best friend had known and was going on was hidden from her, and she's like, I blame you for this, I blame you for not telling me and taking away all of this time I could have been spending with her, I will never forgive you, and then he's like, okay, well that's la- that, but he looks at the book, he looks at the he looks at the journal. And is like, no, this is not what she would want. She would want me to try. So he does. He runs out of the cafe as she's leaving. And it's like, you may never forgive me. But if you do, I want to be your friend. End movie. And it's like, wow, look at him grow. We have the credits roll. We have this beautiful song play. And then we get an afters credit scene one year later. Mm Mm-hmm. They're at her grave. They're at Sakura's grave. It's Kyoko and Haruki. And it's nice to see, because we're like, okay, they're at the grave. What is the relationship here now? Are they friends? Are they just here at the same time? What's going on? But we get to see them engage in, in dialogue. And it's, it's nice. It's nice to see. And that's where we kind of get the callback to the gum. You know, she tosses him a, a piece of gum and she's like, you know, he's like, oh, gum. And she's like, yeah, I recently took a liking to it. And it's like, oh, my God, she's going to date the gum guy. Hell yeah. Um, And, you know, it's not about them being together in romantic relationships. It's about them being friends. And like, this is a way to tell that story also. Um What an after credit scene.
1: Yeah, man, it's. It was... It, it drove it home, you know? And then just a lot of the show don't tell as well. His hair was different. He was buffer. You know, he was smiling. You know? And he had, you know, the fact that Kyoko had to say, come on, Sakura's waiting for us. Like, she's not at the grave. Like, I felt like that was also dope too. I don't know if you noticed that. But yeah. But I was like, hell yeah. Like, hell yeah. Like, I really like this movie. This probably goes in... This definitely goes in my top ten of anime movies for sure. Like, I agree. Um, It is it is a special thing, man. Um,
0: And it seems like the I have a place in my heart for this sad boy anime shit. Same, bro. Like the slice of life that make that invokes feelings. Right. Yes. Because I, I was feeling misty at points of this movie. Like I didn't full on cry, but it was like, man, they they got me feeling things, and I I, I enjoy that. I enjoy being in that position. I enjoy yes. like having emotions provoked. Yes. And like I want to kind of study that. I want to engage. I want to understand how they got me to that point.
1: And that's why we so, got that The Beauty of the Slice of Life anime podcast coming up, right? Start taking notes, man. Oh, I did. You best believe. I had my blue sticky notepad here and I was like, okay, this is definitely one of them. And there's like a few more, like, you know, like we got on the way to this. So it's it's going to be a very insightful podcast. Like I'm I'm ready. You know, I'm ready and I'm willing and I'm able. Oh, boy. This was good. This was pretty great. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, man. And and, and
0: and and having the opportunity to go back and, and hash out the feelings and the thoughts um, after having watched this was helpful, too. Like, I appreciate this opportunity, you know. Uh, but, of course, we have plenty more stuff in store. You can catch all of our other podcasts. On all your podcasts, we're talking Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Podcast, on your typical Shonen protagonist, or on Twitter at Your TSP. That's U R T S P. Kai, where can we find
1: you? You can find me at Static with a Z because you know I'm cool. So come check it out.
0: Hell yeah, man. And you can catch the other product too at Content Breaker, where we talk about anime and Western cartoons and kind of animation as a whole. We'll catch on next week for more Your Typical Shona Protagonist.